Auto Line This Week is underwritten in part by... In this epic battle of fuel efficiency and endurance, we're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week, where the topic's going to be about how do you improve customer experience for luxury buyers. We're really going to be focusing in on Audi today. Joining me on today's panel are Megan Burns, the Principal Analyst at Forrester Research, or a Principal Analyst, I should say. Chris Consiglio, the General Manager for Audi of Rochester Hills in Michigan. And Jerry Ward, the director for customer experience of Audi of America, out of their headquarters in Herndon, Virginia. And yes. great to have all of you here on AutoLine this week. Thank you, John. Thank you. Jerry, I'm going to start with you. Put you a little bit on the spot. Uh, historically, Audi's been known for having great cars, even more so in the last decade, decade and a half. But one of the downfalls I've heard from traditional Audi buyers is, I did not like going through the buying experience. Love the car didn't like acquiring it, going through all that. What has led you to initiate this whole customer experience at Audi, and how does it address some of those concerns of people in the past? Sure, great question, John. Um, actually, I mean, when we laid out our long-term strategy for the brand uh, a few years ago, um, we identified where we needed to make improvements. At that time, we actually didn't have the product portfolio totally robust, like you're talking about today. Um, so we put a plan in place to improve the brand awareness and our consideration and really improve the product portfolio and our dealer network, expanding our facilities and improving our facilities. We're in a really good place on a, a lot of those things right now, and our next lever really to pull on the machine is, is the customer experience. And if we want to become the number one premium brand, we think we need to have the number one product in the marketplace, the best dealers in, in the market, and the number one customer experience as well so that we keep our customers coming back year after year to Audis in the, into the future. So, Chris, tell me how this is developing. I mean, you've got the dealership there. You're the general manager. What's this new effort like? How do you see it different from anything in the past? Well, we've been uh, in Rochester Hills for 12 years now. We've always focused on customer service. Uh, our owner, Idle Dom's uh, slogan is service is our priority. But I think in the last couple of years, there's been a, a heightened awareness. I think there's more of a, a group effort between the, the factory and the dealerships working together to solve uh, customer issues. I see a more uh, liberal goodwill policy. Instead of having a budget, you know, and you only can pay so much. If it's a problem, we take care of it. Um, we've increased our loaner fleet to uh, accommodate people in the service department. So, you know, there's many ways that, that we try to make the customer more comfortable uh, and to try to build loyalty because that's what the whole uh, retail experience is about. You get them in once, but the, you got to take good care of them to get them come back again. 
Megan, of course, you're somebody who looks at the customer experience in all different kinds of industries, not just the automotive one. But based on that, what do you see the automotive industry doing differently? And what's driving this desire to have a much better customer experience, which they should have had all along anyway, one would think? I think there are a variety of factors that are driving it, and many of them are things that are happening in the business community writ large, but are also affecting the auto industry. Uh, part of it is that people's expectations for the experiences they have with companies are growing. So we're seeing uh, better technology, easier experiences in a whole host of industries, and they carry those expectations over from one industry to another. Uh, customers are feeling more empowered. They have a bigger voice through things like social media. They have access to more information than they've ever had before. So if they don't have a good experience, they have a greater ability to go someplace else. And so many, many companies are now focusing on customer experience as, um, you know, first of all, a way to keep customers. We don't want the experience to be bad enough that we drive them away, but then also how can we create an experience that is good enough that we actually attract them and keep them. And so so I think the, um, the size of the financial impact of that is changing because of some of the competitive dynamics that are changing, uh, as well as just um, you know, the, the focus on it, as Jerry said, when people look at you know, how are we going to move forward, um, you know, there are a number of companies who have you know, done well on the product perspective. They've gotten prices as low as they're comfortable getting, and they're looking at um, what is the next way that we can differentiate, and they end up landing on customer experience. Jerry, give us some examples of what you're doing differently. I mean, uh, I know this is a big push within Audi, so give us some examples of what the dynamics are that you're trying to drive here. Sure. Um, well, one thing I always like to reinforce is that this isn't an initiative. Um, it's actually our mission. We've made it central to our, our long-term strategy, and so delighting our customers is our mission. Um, and then how we've gone about that is, is really on a multi-pronged uh, approach. Um, we uh, need to keep that strong, robust engineering mindset, but then couple that with a more customer-centric mindset as well. So we uh, endeavored actually last year on a Creating Audi Fans program to really create that awareness and, and energy and an inspiration for everyone in the company to embrace this customer-centric approach. And we involved everyone from our employees all the way um, to every level in our dealerships. So we touched over 11,000 people um, last year in the fourth quarter through Creating Audi Fans. And it's the beginning of actually a long-term uh, program. Um, so that's really starting to shift the mindset. Another thing that we're doing, and Chris has been really active in, is this continuous improvement process that we have to identify, well, when does something go wrong? How are we addressing it? And how are we are we taking care of the customer in the right way? And is there a roadblock there that maybe we could remove so another customer doesn't have that same experience in the future? And it's, it's a way for us to find and fix things that um, maybe have been caused some of those issues you mentioned in the past so that we don't duplicate those mistakes in the future. Chris, whenever I've uh, gone someplace where there's been a great customer experience, it's not just the salesperson, it's not just the service manager, it's the receptionist. It, it goes to the, the guy mopping the floor even. What are you doing to really raise the awareness throughout the whole store of the need to really treat the customer right? Well, I think it started last year when Audi launched this program. Um, 
dealership personnel was invited to come down to Detroit for a kickoff meeting, and we took 100% of our staff. Didn't matter if they were... Nobody was left around in the store? <laughs> well, it was over a couple-day period, so we could split them up. But every single person was involved in, uh, in that program. Have you ever been through that before with any manufacturer where everyone's invited in? Um, I can't say that I have. <laughs> Very interesting. So there's an important difference a, in this effort. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing that we do now as a result of this is we now have an employee improvement team called Kundentisch, uh, yes. customer <laughs> table. That's a German term. A German yes. term. So you're excused for stumbling yes. over that. <laughs> and uh, we have one person from every department uh, and actually from every function. So I have the receptionist, the car wash person, a service advisor, a service technician, a salesperson, someone from the general office. They get together once a month with uh, an executive from Audi, our area general manager participates, and they uh, brainstorm uh, areas of customer improvement, things that uh, maybe we can redefine or uh, change the process so to have a better improvement, not only on the dealership end, but possibly things that the factory could do to help us. Exactly. One, one of those things are, um, uh, we're now open on Saturdays for service, and Audi is now going to have their technical hotline open on Saturday to help our technicians. Mm -hmm. So things like that. Yeah, I would say this has been something that, a theme that has been consistent is we're in this together. I mean, that's the thing. We there's things that we can improve on our end. Um, so how can we help the dealer? You know, help mm -hmm. the customer. Um, but then you know the dealers as they're getting this cross-functional team together. It's really um, engaging all their employees, and they're, they're identifying all these creative solutions that they can put in place, and creates a lot of positive momentum and energy around, around the movement, if you will. The other thing that I had heard, Jerry, and tell me if I'm right on this, is that in, in the presentations that Audi's done to its dealers, it hasn't been the typical PowerPoint speech kind of thing, but more a relating of personal experiences on the part of upper Audi management. Yes. Do I have that right, and have you continued that, that part of that effort? Yeah, that's, that was by design. Um, I mean, we had a, a very diverse group of, of folks in the audience, and we were, in the end, this is a people business, and, you know, it comes down to, um, in many cases, personal interactions one-on-one -on -one between employees and customers, and so the approach we took with Creating Audi Fans was to share a personal narrative, something that, you know, an experience that each person had that was relatable to someone in the audience. I ride a Ducati motorcycle. I told a story about how I bought my Ducati and I came out on stage in jeans and a motorcycle jacket. You know, I mean, we didn't want this to be a typical business meeting. Um, and then after we had that kind of compelling story to get people engaged, then we shared something that Audi's doing to make a difference in customer experience. And then we challenged the audience to think about something that they could be doing differently. And we gave them actionable things that they could take away that day and start doing things differently. And um, it really it impacted people at all levels of the organization in a, in a very emotional and kind of personal level. Megan, you've dealt with all different kinds of companies then in, in this very thing. Is, is that the right approach to take of using personal experiences to get people engaged in the process? I think it's a critical piece of the right approach. There are a lot of elements that have to be in place in customer experience, but one of the things that I think becomes a challenge, less so for the folks on the front lines like Chris's team, but particularly for folks in the headquarters of a company, is remembering that customers are people and being able to really empathize and think about the story behind the person when we think about uh, what is the situation? What have they been through up to this point? So part of it is just encouraging people to step back and 
think about that story. Maybe ask some different questions. You know, we, it's very common to see statistics about customers, but customers are not statistics. They're people. And the more you can bring that empathy into the picture, the more people on their own naturally begin to see things that make sense to do, not because they didn't mean well before, but because it's, we get so focused on getting done what we need to get done that sometimes we have to take a step back and say, let me look at this through somebody else's eyes, somebody else's eyes. And just uh, exercising and building that muscle inside an organization is really a catalyst for a lot of change that um, will be incredibly sustainable because ultimately this is for most companies a significant change in the way they do business and that doesn't happen when we dictate processes that happens when we get people to do things differently because they now believe that's the right way to do it and they do it whether the process says they should or not mm -hmm. and so this empathy piece is a big part of what creates that change even as you bring some additional discipline and rigor to it through things like processes and policies so um, there's kind of a yin-yang effect there and, and that's an important piece of it. Chris, how do you do all this and not break the bank? As you know, cars are very expensive machines. They can be very costly to repair. Some people just come in and their expectations are, I've had a problem, just give me a new car. So how do you meet all these expectations without just spending a fortune? Well, you know, with, with a lot of people, it's uh, just being pleasant and it's uh, showing that you care and you're concerned. It doesn't always mean you have to write a big check. But if they see you're, you really want to improve that experience and make it something special, a lot of times they, they give you a little more leeway if you do make a mistake because you, you do have that, kind of that effort. On the other hand, uh, Audi has helped us out with some, some financial resources. Um, we do have a, a, a tier three marketing budget that I use to, to try to build relationships with our customers. Uh, last month we had a private viewing of Iron Man 3 mm -hmm. for about 250 customers at a theater in Rochester. And in July I'll take about 100 of our good customers and we'll participate in the Audi Quattro Cup Golf outing. Mm -hmm. And it's part of a, a, a large, supposedly the largest invitational golf tournament in the world. Yeah. Uh, because the, there's about 70 dealerships that are hosted in the individually, and then the winner of each one of those will, will go to Kiwa Island to play for the U.S. title, and then ultimately they'll play an international event. Yeah. So um, okay. it, it, yeah. there's different ways of trying to, to uh, build those relationships. Yeah. Without well, having John, to spend, small right. fortune. Yeah. If I can just interject here, I think um, the simple fact that you're asking that question speaks to a very common myth about customer experience, <laughs> which is that it is inherently extremely expensive. The truth of the matter is that most customer experience improvements pay for themselves many times over mm -hmm. because the cost of a bad customer experience is enormous. And if you haven't been aware of that, the cost has been there whether you realized it or not. If someone has a problem, you have to deal with it. If the experience of dealing with the problem isn't good, you have to deal with it again. You have to give a credit. Yeah. So what many companies companies are doing is saying how can we prevent problems from happening Absolutely. in the first place but there Becoming are proactive versus reactive yeah. and that is yeah going to be winning in every case yeah. so but I also think to Chris's point um, this perception that customers will take advantage of this and want everything is not true for many many companies when we look to companies that are known for great customer experience it is often the little things it is often the personal gestures and so there's a phrase that we use in our research called empowerment with guardrails where companies are saying we want you to be empowered but we also want to give you the skill to be able to understand what is the right degree and level of 
gesture to make in response to what happened mm -hmm. without going overboard. And so um, Ritz-Carlton is a company that famously their uh, associates have up to $2,000 per situation for customers to be able to deal with something. Their managers have up to $5,000. They don't spend that amount. But if, a, if an employee does something that they believe is right for the customer that's maybe more than was necessary, there's no stigma. There's no, they don't get in trouble for that. They then get some coaching that says, is there something else we could have done that maybe didn't spend this much money because you were trying to do the right thing by the customer? Let's find that balance. And I think that's um, something that a lot of companies are a little bit afraid of but are starting to experiment with more and understand that um, you know, the, the balance is, is much um, easier and better than I think the perception is that you know, people just think that if I focus on customer experience, it means giving customers whatever they want, and that's not the case at all. Hmm. Jerry, I gotta believe everybody in the business is doing the same thing. Lexus, you know, they're, they're considered the best at this all. Mercedes, BMW, Cadillac, now Lincoln's talking about its mm -hmm. special customer experience. What will separate Audi's customer experience from all these other efforts? Yeah, yeah we're not naive to this, that obviously there's other industries and obviously many auto brands that are, that are looking at the experience. But I think um, Audi's in a unique position, um, and I think what's going to allow us to become the number one premium brand is the fact that we have the strong product and, and um, such a great iconic brand. And if we can couple that with an experience that is on par, um, that'll allow us to leapfrog our competitors. Can you give us any specifics, though, where you think you've got something special? The secret sauce? <laughs> sure, give me the secret, the secret sauce. The, the secret recipe, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think it comes back to the customer. You know, um, knowing our customer and what our customers want and need and making sure we're, that we're meeting or exceeding those expectations is going to allow us to succeed. And the reality is, in some cases, what the BMW, Mercedes, or Lincoln customer needs is different than what the Audi customer needs. Um, so we really are trying to put this always in the voice of the customer, put ourselves in the, our customer's shoes and make sure that we're meeting or exceeding their expectations. And so, um, you know, as we develop new experiences um, f that the brand rolls out, they're going to be grounded in the things that our customers are looking for. Megan, going back to your point that you don't just have to give the customer anything, the brand that actually impressed me the, the most on the whole customer experience was Saturn. And the reason it, it impressed me so much was these were pretty much entry-level cars. We're not talking Lexus or Audi or whatever happens to be br you know, luxury brand. They made it work at a, at a much lower level to the point where I knew people who said they loved going to the dealership. Yeah. And that's the first time I had ever experienced people saying that. Yeah. So what is it that really clicks with somebody that goes, wow, these people are terrific? Good is in the eye of beholder when it comes to customer experience. And so the secret sauce for companies in developing customer experience is picking the right customer experience strategy, the right vision. And that really sits at the intersection of what your customers want and what you as a company are trying to be. Mm -hmm. So we often talk about your brand makes promises about the experience that you're going to have with a company. And then it's up to your employees mm -hmm. to deliver on that promise. Yeah. And what customers really want is alignment between those two and consistency. So a lot of people are surprised to learn that the very first year that we ran our customer experience index, which is an annual benchmark of experience quality, Costco came out on top. Beat Apple, beat all these other brands, 
but the experience you get when you go to someplace like Costco is completely in line with what you expect. If I suddenly walked in and found high-end finishes, it would feel out of place. Right. Um, you know, you how can to they walk into a warehouse? Yeah. Right? You know, how can they keep prices low? There's, you know, some people actually find that fun. Um, but that's really, you know, we talk about that as customer experience strategy. It's about finding the right balance. And so, um, you know, if Saturn knew who they were trying to be and what kind of experience their customers wanted, which is not what an Audi customer is necessarily going to want, then that becomes the perfect fit. So there's a customer strategy component, which is who are we going to go after in the marketplace? And then from that, and who do we want to be as a company? Mm -hmm. And then from that, you can drive a customer experience strategy that says, as a result, this is the kind of experience we should deliver. And then it becomes, how do we build an execution machine to deliver that consistently day in and day out? That's the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Easier said than done. Uh, That's right. I, I, I'll bet it is. Jerry, my understanding, too, is even though we've been talking mainly at the dealership mm -hmm. level, that th you're going through a whole bunch of training and whatnot internally within Audi as well. Why so, and what's the difference between what you're doing with your dealers? Well, um, actually, you're right. We we've wanted to start from within and, and lead by example, but all the same training and experiences that our employees from the dealerships go through our headquarters and and field personnel also go through. So there isn't, I mean, there's some nuances um, where, you know, especially if, a, if an employee doesn't interface with a customer directly, we're trying to create that, those connection points so they realize uh, the policy they create, the program they're developing, how that ultimately would impact the customer. Um, but we've engaged our employees in the exact same programs that the dealership employees have been engaged in. And that was important to us because Is we're all in this together. Is that the, the proper mindset internally that Absolutely. you're doing it? Absolutely. And it started with the immersion events that we had last year. And now this year it's continuing with experience workshops where we bring people in, again, in a cross-functional nature and really start to hone some of these customer experience skills, if you will. Um, and then later this year, we'll actually follow up in the dealership with um, in-dealership training. So then we're observing behaviors and, and activities and, and interactions at the dealership level and then coaching right there. Um, and we've, we've taken a different approach, um, really um, not partnering with a, another brand per se because we wanted this to be uniquely Audi. Um, uh, we have definitely engaged folks from the hospitality industry, but we did design something specifically for Audi versus just sending them to Disney or sending them to Ritz-Carlton. You know, um, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but that's, we decided to take a uniquely Audi approach. Okay, well, Chris, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was again. just going to say that the need to engage those people speaks to the fact that, you know, Jerry is the director of customer experience, but Customer experience is not a function. It's not something one group can do. Your customer experience is a function of an entire ecosystem of interconnected people. So there's a ripple effect between what somebody in a back office job that, that somehow shows up in what Chris's folks can and can't do in the dealership. And companies have got to recognize that and understand that changing customer experience means changing those relationships and understanding those ripple effects. So if you try to only do it on the front lines without getting the other folks involved to understand the part that they play, yeah. You actually create frustration You'll rather than success. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Chris. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, Chris, you've been doing this about a year right now or so. Uh, what can you tell us about what the, the results have been? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, our, the way our dealership is run is services a priority from the get-go. And, 
Uh, it starts with who we hire and, and their personalities, and we want people that are customer focused. But I would say in the, uh, the last year, with these meetings that we've had with the employees, and the fact that actually Audi of America recognized one of the changes that we made in our dealership, mm -hmm. and then they came out and did a video recording of it, and then they broadcast it to all the dealers uh, throughout the United States. Uh, I mean, our employees, I mean, their chests are out pumped, and you know, they really recognize that it's, these changes we're, we're making are meaningful. Like what? What, what? Can you give us an example? Well, in the specific example that we did with the, uh, that they came out and filmed, there was a service quality check. And it was something, it wasn't really a ma anything major, real expensive, but it was a last but not least set of processes to do for the technician to check three or four things when he's finished with the car, and also for the, the uh, service porter who washes the car. He's the last person to get in the car before it's returned back to the customer to make sure the car is clean and, and there's no lights on the car and, and uh, the car is properly vacuumed. Um, so that, that was a process that we've changed and it's helped us and our, and our customer satisfaction ratings have increased. So significantly. I'm, significantly so. Yeah, and then, I mean, a big part of this is celebrating the successes mm -hmm. and, and really broadcasting the best mm -hmm. practices that we see being put in place by the dealers. And then everyone benefits from, from these, this great thinking. And yeah, I mean, the employees do walk a little taller and their shoulders are rolled back. and. And then they, they're more likely to raise their hand and make another suggestion going forward because they know that we're paying attention and we're celebrating those, those mm -hmm. improvements. So if I uh, run out of here and go look at uh, the J.D. Power Customer Satisfaction Index, I'll see Audi rocketing up the chart, will I? Um, I mean, we're still not where we want to be. This is a journey. Um, but we have moved in CSI from... Uh, we were in the 20s, you know, a few years ago, and we're at sixth now in, in That's CSI. That's a big move. Um, and, you know, we uh, we're, have improvements to make in SSI. Our loyalty, though, is at an all-time high, but it's still not where we need it to be. So it's a journey. Uh, we're, we're tackling this bit by bit, and we'll, we'll get there. And i got to believe improving uh, your customer satisfaction improves the overall perception of quality for the brand as well. Absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. um, perception of... Um, you know, the brand image, um, quality, um, and, you know, it just reinforces, again, premium brand is what we're, we're marketing with an Audi vehicle. And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. Oh. Megan, Chris, Jerry, thanks so much for coming in and talking about this. Very interesting topic. And I want to thank all of you who have tuned in for AutoLine this week. And please join us again here next week. Auto Line This Week is underwritten in part by and endurance. We're here to see which hybrid has the best MPG. That's the essence of a hybrid soul. But is there more to it? The Hybrid Game MPG Challenge.